Yo, this is Cash from Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I've gotten a lot of people asking questions about starting a podcast. Well, look no further. Download the Anchor app. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that help you edit the podcast right within the app or on the computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to several different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Now to the money. You guys like money, right? Well, Anchor can make you money from your podcast with minimum listenership. I said enough. Go download the app. It's free. Anchor app. Or go to www.anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. A show that's real, raw, and rough. We talk about life, sports, kids, money, relationships, you name it, we got it. So come on in, grab a seat on the couch, and let's get this show started. Hold on. Why the fuck you say if I was reading? It's fine. I'll cut it out. You know, you know oh. what I do. I produce. All right, Dr. Dr. Drew. I produce. Oh, shit. <laughs> show, you, show you how to do this, son. Get a GoFundMe. We need a bigger studio. Cash just lost a kneecap. I guess he won't say shit about me cutting him off again. No. No. Oh. Winner Hudson. Book y'all, baby fathers. About a minute in. Hell no. Not the way Dominican Republic is right now. Oh, Big Poppy. Oh, shit. We can talk about Big Poppy getting pop shot. Yeah. Write that down there, cause I'm gonna forget by the time I get me a drink. Drink, get my two step, my drink, get my two step, got my drink, get my two step, my drink, get my two step. Yo, it's, on. it's recording. All right. Who our guest today? We ain't got no guests. It's just us. It's just us. I thought us. you had a sound clips from my guests. Nah, man, no guests, no guests, not today. Oh, ain't got no sound clips. No sound clips. I thought you had some sound bites. About to play my jam lamb of the week. Let them know. That was them. This is me. This is King. You ain't no. What's going on, good people? What's going on? Welcome back to another week of Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. It's your boy Cash. And to my right, I got my man. Hadrico in the building. What's going on, huh, man? Man, another week, man. Just trying to get my life together. You know, summer break about to happen. So I'm trying to get all the boys situated. They're going to Vegas. So, you know, we just moving and shaking, but that's, we always got time for the part. That's what's up, man. How the wife? How the wife and, and you, doing, the yeah, oldest? You know, they doing good. He out there at football practice in 110,000 degree temperatures, man. But, you uh, know, if you want to, if you, you say train insane or you stay the same. So, he out there trying to train insane, man. Yo, I saw him recently in the picture and just know if he he's coming out here to visit or he's staying for the summer. Hey, I really don't think he got time in the summer. The way his, the way his schedule set up is football, 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 summer school, football, football, summer school, football. Uh, next time I see him, I might just snuff him just to see where his hands at because he he a little bit too 
too big. He's actually bigger than you now. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I noticed. I, what you, I didn't what like you, it. What you tipping at? I didn't like it. I'm about to, I'm about to hit the gym a little bit harder. Yeah, because he's rocking about six foot, about 180. He about, what, six foot, 180 and, yeah. and, and, and rock hard abs? Unfortunately. I tell him to put a shirt on every time I see him. I ain't got time for all that. Yeah, and you know, when when he left, he was little, had a little bird chest. Yeah, now he, think he, got, he got a pigeon. You know, he's going to graduate the pigeon status. Yeah, man, but shoot, man, good, good work, man, and uh, you know, hopefully we we see him on the uh the varsity team this year doing his thing you out know, there. We making it happen, man. But you know what we got for the people tonight, man? We got an action packed show, a lot to get to. So what we got rolling? Yo, so today we are gonna hit y'all with a little bit of entertainment. So we got our Netflix list for y'all, um, and some HBO shows that we got some recommendations on. Of course, we are gonna talk about the NBA finals. Uh, we have some football talk. Wentz's new contract, you know. My quarterback. Funny how that made the list, huh? You like all of a sudden we talking about the Eagles. All the quarterbacks, thirty-two other quarterbacks. He, but we want to talk about. He's the, the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Oh, Richest man. contract. Anyway, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We got some music. We got the Crit new single, Chris Brown. Drake single, T Grizzly dropped some. Uh, we got uh, some lesser-known cats uh, that we're gonna recommend. Uh, also, we got some current events about the educational system and how it fails our students. And we also going to talk about relationships, some, you know, some life discussions about blended family and, and friendship. What is friendship as an adult? Mm. We'll also have our couch of the week. We'll hold that off until the end. And then, man, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. So that's where we going today, man. So, you know, let's start with uh, our entertainment segment, man. So, you know, first off, I think. Listen, can you play that the round of applause sound effect? We need a round of applause real quick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Netflix is earning they $9.99 or $10.99 or $14. Whatever they are charging, they are earning. I mean, they stay putting out new series, new movies, new documentaries. I mean, whoever's at Netflix... Y'all got to be running out of actors. Holler at her, Drico. I'm ready to get on the screen. Hey, they better get their act in order because Disney coming. Disney coming? What? Disney coming with their own app pretty soon. I think it launches later on this year or, or sometime next year. But, uh, yeah, Disney about to be a monster. They about to cost a whole lot less. So Disney's coming. So I'm going to have both. See it. I want to <laughs> see it because um, the way Netflix is getting it in right now, like literally... I ain't seen nobody do it better. Now, because I'm in Germany, I can't really take advantage of Hulu like the rest of our people, our listeners, maybe in the States. But for out here in Deutschland, yo, Netflix getting it in. But so speaking of Netflix, so I got a TV series. Cash, most people wouldn't expect me to watch it. Well, which, you, which one was that? But you know what? I, I decided to venture. And I went and watched something called Dead to Me. Okay. So now... Was that the the Will Ferrell produced one? That's that Will Ferrell. Okay. And I think that's why I got into it. Because I think Will Ferrell is just stupid funny. So I got into the show. And I tell you what. From the first episode, it kind of captures you in. And a quick synopsis if you haven't seen it. Without, Spoiler alert. With, real quick. I won't give away too much. But you know you have this, this woman who lost her husband. She goes to this grief group. And she meets this other person who's suffering her own type of loss. And they try to bond. And they kind of have a deeper relationship than they both realize at the moment man but it's a great show it's written well and it's kind of like that quirky funny that you wouldn't anticipate to be funny but it's oddly entertaining so yeah man i, I watched the uh entire series so far man and you know it had me rolling and i mean it was about death but like just uh Chris i think christina applegate 
is the star, right? Yeah, she was in. Uh, you know, I just remember her from being on uh, Married with Children back when I was a shorty. Yeah, so yeah, Christina Applegate from Married with Children. She's on there as the the uh, lead actress, and she did a phenomenal job with just her approach to death and how some of us probably handle it. As far as like, yo, I'm just trying to get over this and stuffing it down, and it was it was dark humor, but. If you're into that kind of thing, you will find this pretty hilarious um, at the end of the day. So I highly recommend it. It's a quick watch, maybe 10, 12 episodes. You'll punch through it in a week, the weekend, easy weekend. Uh, The next one is not a Netflix series, but it's definitely one for you. You historians uh, or historical buffs. It's called Chernobyl. It's basically about the disaster that happened um, in uh, the nuclear power plant in Ukraine back in 1986. And how they covered that up. So it's one of those slow, slow burners. But if you into that type of thing, it's probably a five episode miniseries. But it's definitely a, a dope, dope one. And how they covered everything up and, you know, kind of opened your eyes up to, you know, a lot of the stuff that was happening over there at that time as far as that goes. So and stuff that still affects them to this day um, as far as that nuclear re- reactor going off. So. Dope, dope show. Uh, shoot, next, man. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm definitely going to get to it. My next guest, David Letterman, has another, uh, I guess it's a season two of it. Um, and he's interviewing Kanye West. He has Ellen, Tiffany Haddish. So Kanye's addressing a lot of um, of his mental health issues and, and things like that. So I definitely got to get to it. I'll let you guys know how I feel about it next week. But I um, definitely want to check that out, even though a lot of people have canceled Kanye West. I haven't. I just want to, you know, hear what he got to say, man. That's like what we consider our next on Netflix list. So things we haven't got to yet, but it's still a good show. Another good show that's out there is called What If. You know, I've actually, my wife put me on it. She's like, hey, why don't you watch the show? I must admit it. It's it's oddly entertaining. It has a very good twist. Um, a couple of scenes I could have did without, but you know what? It still was a very good written show. Very good show. Something you want to get into. It's about a bio-researcher who's trying to develop something that saves lives and this billion trillionaire who has a way of kind of manipulating the situations. So a lot of little cat and mouse, you know, very, you know, thinkerish type of show, but still a good show. Yeah, my last one, on, well, it's not on the list, but uh, it's one that I've been watching and catching up on, uh, and I forgot it came back on, is The Shy. So that's uh, into, I believe, season two, and um, it's about Chicago, so... It's definitely a good show to watch. Um, but with that said, with Chicago, man, we'll move on to uh, the next segment, the NBA Finals, man. What you got to say? What happened over the last weekend and in particular uh, last know, night? You know, let's do this. We got to break this up into, into different segments because you want to talk about the NBA Finals, that's one thing. KD and his whole situation, that's another conversation that I think we have to have today. And then what happened in the Finals. So when I break it down, the NBA Finals, the Toronto Raptors let go a golden opportunity. And my football coach used to tell us this when we was playing football. He used to say, you know how you kill a mosquito? You know how you kill him for cash? You got to squash it? No, you got to kill him with an axe to make sure it's dead. Because if you let a mosquito hang around you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to mess around and bite that ass. You're going to mess around and get bit. I know Toronto is in control of the series, and everybody's like, Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi. Right now, he's a household name. But listen to me. If you let these boys hang around, it's going to be a problem. And I think last night was a great chance for Toronto to close out the world champs. 
couple calls that were a little questionable, like that basket interference on DeMarcus Cousins. That was clearly a clean putback. I don't even know how you review that and still say it was goaltending. Then you had the Curry was getting held like he was getting sexually assaulted on the court by some of these people, but they calling all this other stuff. My man, Yo, Toronto had a chance. <laughs> does this Golden State love have anything to do with your bet? I do not understand. <laughs> you see? Yo, his bias. <laughs> Yo, so he bet on the game last night, and I just found this out when we, you know, in pre-production when he was talking to his wife about, you know, having to, wanting the Golden State Warriors to win, and then all of a sudden he come on here pro-Golden State. I'm not, listen, I'm pro <laughs> the real truth. And the truth is, they the referees tried everything possible to give the game to Toronto. Kawhi Leonard, another point. Kawhi Leonard made the right pass. But if he was LeBron James, he would have got crucified for that move. Anybody, every, anybody, like here's the thing, and I hate to, fuck it, we go off on a tangent. Tangent alert. LeBron is the only one that's going to get that. And the sooner that we all realize that he is that guy, he's that good, nobody else is going to get the same feedback. It's just the way it is. We expect him to be the best player in the planet, on the planet. And, and that's just what comes with the territory. Is it fair? No. Life ain't fair. So we got to stop. You know, it, it's going to happen. Curry did, this, Curry did the same thing um, a couple games ago or whatever where he didn't have a good game, right? Oh, no, he didn't do the same thing, but he, he didn't have a good game. Nobody said anything too much about it. Yeah, he had a bad game, and they just kind of moved on. Well, you know, a couple of things go into that, but like I said, not to get on the LeBron tangent, because like I said, we don't need to sit here and waste time talking about LeBron James. But all I'm saying is that Toronto, they messed up. If this was Menace of Society, this would be the part of the movie when he messed the story up and the officer said, you know you fucked up, right? Yeah. You know you done messed up. Because now they're taking this back to Golden State. And most people are going to say, well, Toronto won the last two games in Golden State. Why should they care? Last five. Listen, it's a different situation when you're back against the wall. And Toronto is going into this game knowing they still got another game at home, which is honestly the worst mindset you can have. They need to have that killer instinct to end the series, but they won't get it done. You, I'm telling you this today. Golden State wins game six in Golden State, and they win it by 12. That's interesting when they haven't won a damn thing by that margin the entire series. Like, they won last night's game by one. And what did they win game? Uh, they won game two. By they, they won let by Single digits. It no, probably wasn't no more won, than five. They won by a lot. They didn't win by no 12. But all I'm saying is all these games have been fairly close in Golden State's wins. And then Toronto has won fairly handily, you know, with their wins. So I, I don't really have... I don't have no nothing to say that, hey, this is going to happen for Golden State. Like, I see nothing in Golden State that really says they're going to win by 12, let alone win. I feel like Toronto has as much of a chance to win on the road as they do coming back to Toronto. In my opinion, you just don't want it to go to a game seven just because you don't. You want to finish it when you can finish it, and that's what they should have done last night. And speaking of last night, they're up six with what? How long? How, about a minute and a half yep. to go. Address Nick Nurse's coaching decisions on calling that timeout when they're up six. Kawhi's dribbling the ball, about to do whatever, make whatever play he's going to make, and he calls a timeout. You have an issue with that? 
technically, I don't really have any issue with it for the simple fact that this man has, he had, he saw something. And personally, he was coaching for the Golden State Warriors when he made this timeout decision. I think it was a great move for Golden State to kind of <laughs> slow down the momentum. Nick Nurse should have been the Finals MVP of that decision. You don't stop Kawhi when he was cooking like that. And Kawhi was He's on in a roll. 10 0 run, right? He is literally, he literally had just turned on, like, he, he had drew power from the middle braid of his head and was really taking over the game. And he completely derailed him. But, however, comma, exclamation point. You cannot blame that meltdown on that timeout. Because last time I checked, you still had the ball after the timeout. Last time I checked, you still had an opportunity to put the ball in, put the, ball in the basket. But Absolutely. you didn't because you failed to get it done. And the Splash Bros came back to splashing again. And loose balls. And loose balls as well. So those, one of them was a play that they got to draw up. The other one was one of those scramble plays that they got that three on. So it, you know, it kind of goes both ways. So yeah, they had a chance to to run an offensive play should they get the ball. But the other part was just all heart and and scram and being in scramble mode. So I don't necessarily blame Nick Nurse, but I wouldn't have taken that timeout after, you know, kind of reviewing the game because I didn't I didn't even notice it watching the game. And it wasn't brought to um, it was brought to my attention by one of my homies, and I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, that makes no sense on why you would do that." And then he didn't call the timeout, you know, towards the end when they were um, going down with about five seconds left or so, and then Kawhi made the pass, like you said. So, uh, you know, again, like I, I don't know where his his low, I don't know what his thought process was with the early timeout and then not taking a timeout late. Like, uh, yeah, you know what you got to also realize too. This is Nick Nurse's first opportunity to be in the NBA Finals. Just like there's pressure on the players, there's pressure on the coach. And was it the best coach's move? I can't say that it was, but he made a mistake. The man is liable and okay to make a mistake. He's going to make a couple more mistakes in Game 6. And in Game 7, we're going to see what's going to happen. So, yeah, man, we got to deep dive a little bit more into the KD injury and uh, free agency. But before we begin that, man, how, how do you feel about the fans cheering KD's injury like that? You know what? We live in a society where people are very thin-skinned. This is a sporting event. Like, you don't want to see anybody hurt. But at the same time, I mean, you on the road, man. And your natural you're, you're, inclination. You're, like, people yeah. don't want to see his thing. If KD plays, there. did you not see how he was cooking when he was in the game? Well, 11, 11 points in 10 minutes. And 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 no time. So, you mean to tell me you lose that guy and you expect people to be like, oh, my gosh. We're actually a better team now. So no. I, I, now, I don't uh, think it's right. I don't think it's, it's the most morality type thing to do. But I'm not judging you. I understand. This is a competition at its highest level. This is the NBA Finals. If Tom Brady goes down in a Super Bowl... You think the team on the other side will be like, oh, Tom, we're so sorry. Absolutely not. And that's like the exact uh, scenario that my homeboy uh, Knight gave me. He was like, yo, if Tom Brady went down in the Super Bowl when y'all was playing him, would you give a shit? I was like, absolutely not. I wouldn't outwardly be cheering, but, you know, definitely inside I'd be, oh, we got this for sure. Cash, I can see you saying, get his ass out of here. You know, some of that, like I said, cheering, ah, that's a little touchy. But, I mean, also, I'm going to tell you something else. You know, this is a quick on the financial side. Do you know how much them tickets cost to go to that game? 
Well, if I pay that price, I can say whatever I want. I mean, mm, within reason. Within reason. Within reason. Mm. I mean, you ain't finna be blatantly disrespectful. And I don't think it's right to cheer somebody getting injured. I don't think they were happy that he got injured. I think it was just more of a thing that they realized that him not being there gave their team a much better chance. Now, as you get into the KD injury, it's obvious he was not ready to return. He, yo, so I was listening to, uh, I think it was like a quick mini pod on Zach Lowe's uh, podcast. And he was, Kendrick Perkins was on there and he was kind of talking about like he felt disgusted that they even had him out there because he knows for a fact KD couldn't have been more than 60 to 70% healthy by the way he was moving out there. And yeah, he was cooking because he's a natural scorer. KD don't do a lot of, whole lot of athletic things on, in his natural repertoire. Yes, he dunks and does all those things because he's a damn seven footer. But his, his, his flow was fairly smooth. So he don't have to do all those, those uh, athletic moves to get off. He can just post you up, shoot over the, top so that's what he was doing so it looked like he obviously he was cooking but at the same time you know guys that know him know he you know really wasn't 100 percent. and he, he wasn't cooking with a full kitchen he had like a hot plate so he had just enough to get the job done but he wasn't at full strength now his injury it, it's it's not just this game this affects a whole lot this changes the landscape of free agency this changes his contract status to me this this means Kevin Durant will be a Golden State Warrior next year because he can he can actually take advantage of his player option and still get money. Whereas if he goes into free agency, somebody will give him a chance. I wish the Miami Heat would. I take a hurt KD right now. I let him heal. But unless somebody's willing to take that chance, he's not going to get the money that he was going to command going into the open market. So that's unfortunate. Now what it does say about Kevin Durant, we talked about this a couple pods ago about People always say something. He's very thin-skinned, and now he always wants to fight back. This is an example of, I think he let everybody saying, are you really hurt? Get to him, and forced him to push yourself into playing. Yeah, the I Golden think, State yeah, Warriors, absolutely, I'm going to be real with you. Yo, it sucks that he got hurt, but it's funny how we can remember that this is a business at certain times, but when a, when a personal issue happened, we forget this. You think the Golden State Warriors don't want the best player on the planet on the court? Of course they do. And if he's saying that I can play, if your mom told you, hey, you can't go outside because you may get wet, but if you want to go, go. What you going to do as a kid? I'm going to go. And you're going to get soaking wet. Unfortunately, he got hurt, man. I wish nothing but a speedy recover for the guy, re- recovery for the guy, but it's a tough situation, and I look forward to seeing what changes and what happens next. So I got a quick little clip from uh, Bob Myers, the GM, uh, Golden State. Just it, just it was kind of odd to well, just listen to his emotional response, y'all. No, uh, the extent of it, he'll have an MRI tomorrow. Um, pri- prior to coming back, he went through four weeks with our medical team and. Um, it was thorough and it was experts and multiple MRIs and multiple doctors um, and we felt good about the process uh, he was cleared to play tonight that, that was a collaborative decision um, I don't believe there's anybody to blame but I understand this, this world and um, if you have to 
You can blame me. I run, I run our basketball operation. Man, listen. He getting ahead of that shit. He getting ahead of all the smoke that they finna get for putting him out there. Now, I know KD is a grown-ass man, and he wanted to get out there. This is why Kawhi left San Antonio. Because he's saying he's not ready, but all the pressure in the world is to get him back on the court. He's not ready. I'm sure KD knew he wasn't ready. He gave it the old college try, but this is what happens when you don't trust your player saying he's not ready. Ain't no doctor, ain't no nothing like that could tell you otherwise. And this is just Golden State trying to get ahead of it. You know, what makes what makes this emotional breakdown even more bull is that in your state of somber... Okay, if I'm crying about something, I ain't really got control of it because I'm emotional. I don't know how this is going on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm emotional. When you're emotional, but yet you hit every point you need to hit. This was a collaborative effort. We sent them to multiple doctors. He had multiple MR. Point by point on everything you're saying is basically saying, look at everything we tried to do before we played. And he even wanted to play. So this isn't our fault. He says, blame me because I'm the player director. I'm going to tell you something. Did you even know who the hell Bob Myers was before, this, before last night? So I, I did, but I'm just, I'm sure the casual basketball fan didn't. The casual fan had no clue who the hell he was. So he did this whole dog and pony show and I'm crying and I'm hurt because at the end of the day, for the Golden State Warriors, this was a black eye to the franchise. Yeah. This yeah. looks horrible for them as a franchise. So Katie's injury, like I said, the first injury that was a supposed calf injury, which I actually do believe it was a calf injury. Yeah, I do. But I think this is Hakuna Matata, boy. It is Achilles. I think he tore his Achilles, and that's not something that you recover from quickly. He could be out until the next year's playoffs. So, you know, and this is coming from the same guy that mocked KD at the 2018 parade. He joked that Steph meant more. He also joked that Steph deserved more money. You know what I'm saying? So, and and then there's reports questioning the calf injury from players and possibly management. So don't come on here crying like, yo, we tried to give him a go. He was he was injured. We knew he was injured. Just keep it, keep it a buck. And he and he didn't. And it, it just come on, man. Like we didn't need that emotional response. Like KD wasn't even doing all that. You know what I mean? So it, it's wild, man. At the end of the day, I feel bad for Kevin Durant and his family. I hope he has a speedy recovery. Um, but just like the Golden State Warriors are part to blame, Kevin Durant's part to blame too. You know your body. You know what's going on. You know what you can and cannot do. And he pushed yourself. And it, you know what? He he rolled a dice and he came out with snake eyes. You know, but, you know, again, like I said, he's a grown man. And if he made that decision, you know, he, have to, he has to live with it. But if you're going to make that decision on the flip side, when when is the time? The time to make that decision is the NBA Finals. It is the Super Bowl or whatever the the championship game is. If you're going to risk injury... Then, because you don't get these opportunities to win championships every year. Like next year, he could think he's coming back, or you know what I'm saying. Like, say he was fully healthy and he was coming back next year. What if Steph gets hurt? What if you know Clay gets hurt? So there's a whole lot of different things that happen from year to year to where you can't just bank on, oh, you'll be right back next year to win a championship. This isn't these these opportunities are golden. So 
if you're gonna do it, do it during during the championship. And you know what? Before we move, because I know we can't stay here forever, but before we move, the Toronto Raptors fan base, they almost did the one thing you don't want to do. You give a person a reason to play harder. Cause if to me, if my teammate go down and you have the audacity to sit there and laugh and joke and make it a fun blah, walk it off. All you did was add fuel to my fire to make me want to play harder, to make me want to win. I tell you what, Thursday night is going to be a, it's going to be a bond burma, a slobber knocker. It's going to be big trouble in little China. I cannot wait to see that game. Game six is coming on Thursday. You said correct? Thursday. Yeah. It's, it should be a great one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but you know, back to your free agency point, man. Uh, yeah, it, it dramatically changes the landscape. To me, if I'm Golden State, I'm giving that man the contract on on the flight back. Here, here's what what we owe you, and then some. You know, here's a stake in the damn franchise because he's about to lose a whole year. You know what I'm saying? At, at best, he probably comes back before the playoffs next year. At at best, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that he would definitely try to do for the playoff run. But you know, to counter your point, I think the total opposite. I don't think not, none of the 30 teams is going to have caution to wait a year on KD. Everybody does that. It's going to be, to me, as equal of a bidding war as it as it ever was. So, uh, in particular, this affects me personally, huh? and you know that. As a Knicks fan, all the Knicks chatter, we've been shitty for so many years, I'm willing to wait. So, KD, Knicks, do what you got to do. <laughs> But we'll wait again. We'll let our we draft RJ Barrett and let the young boys play again and figure it out. Kyrie, come do what you do. You know, I've been hearing you flirting with Brooklyn. That's okay. You know, every now and then you gotta see what's out there until you come home. So, you know, yeah, this this definitely affects me personally, man. Do you know you just sounded like the dude from the boys and man albums like when he said, I know you was with the other dude, but I don't even care. Just please. Come back to me. Yeah, yeah, just no, please. No, it's not it's not good. It's not good to be that desperate. I'm, I am, man. Look, you have a champ, an NBA championship on your resume recently, even though it's janky as hell. But uh, you still have one. You know what I'm saying? Let's not be disrespectful. You have here. one earned, one earned that I respect, and the other two, I don't respect it. I don't know why. You know, but anyway, still man. champions. You got it, man. But let you know, let me, let me, let me get mine off, man. But uh, shoot, man, I think I think we touched on on the finals, man, and covered everything, man. So, yeah. So, moving on, man. Wentz's new contract. You think the gamble's worth it? Overpaid him. <clears throat> Overpaid him, man. Y'all. Oh my gosh. Y'all yeah, get go, it out. Get y'all it out. Let go, Nick Foles, who actually performed extremely well in that system. And I'm not saying Carson Wentz can't perform, but he's been hurt and injured so often and so frequently. Why would there not be any caution held towards giving him that type of contract from making him the highest paid quarterback in the league? Because it changes the demographic, not just for Carson, but for every other quarterback who signs after him. And that's the effect that these big contracts have. But you're giving the guy a contract who, when was the last time Carson Wentz played 16 games? Don't matter. You worth what you can negotiate, fam. So it it is what it is. And how often do you get a franchise quarterback? You know this, huh? So 
Listen, is he a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. Absolutely. If he's healthy, he had, you know, the upside is there. You know, you would take him in Tampa Bay in a heartbeat over uh, Jameis, famous Jameis or whoever else you had last year, the little Fitzpatrick and all that. So let's not act like that boy wasn't wasn't an MVP candidate and he don't have the capability to do that on a consistent basis. So I'm I'm cool with it. Like we already made the move from Nick Foles. I ha- you know, I cried a river, I got over it. So we we here now and I know our GM Howie is one of the best in the league. So you know, this was done for a reason and I know we're going to be able to fill in around him. So I'm not mad at the contract. I just hope he becomes a better leader with the reports that were out there, you know, beginning of the offseason and stuff like that. And he just needs to learn how to lead and just play football when he's out there and not think the game so much. Just go play ball. So I'm cool with the contract. Well, that makes one of us. You, We will come back and you'll realize that this is a horrible deal for the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's no surprise. That's how y'all roll. Whatever, man. Look. Something you brought up earlier, man, when we were talking about the kids and the school and whatnot was, uh, you know, the educational system and, and things that you feel were that your kids were doing, excelling in out here and, and your son in Vegas and the school that you have them out there. But a, as a whole, um, we were talking about how the educational system fails students. So, um, yeah, man, I want to hear more on your take on that, man. We can bring this to the to the pod and then, you know, kind of discuss that. So first off, um, let me start off by saying let, I, this is no shot against any teacher, um, teacher's assistant, the school system, anything of that nature, because Lord knows you guys do the best you can with what you have. But I really think we need to take the time to sit down and look at the curriculum that we're giving these kids and realize we're setting these young men and young women up for failure. For the simple fact, if you go to a young person right now, Cash, and ask them, what's the difference between a TSP and a Roth? How many think they'll know? I mean, unless you talk to your kids about that, they won't know that. But I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily know if that's the school's responsibility or maybe maybe the <laughs> the techniques are answered. I think the techniques and how we approach, um, not approach teaching, so to speak, in that the physical aspect of of doing it, but just the life um, scenarios. You know, it's like home ec and shop and all those different type of things. Like, that's pretty non-existent in school right now. I think they've taken some of those programs away. And while you're saying the TSP and that stuff is not the school responsibility, okay, let me ask you this. Why do you go to school? To learn how to handle my Roth and my TSP and count. If you want to learn about it, you need to know about it. How many people in in the African-American community and, and, and white community, black community, everywhere, don't even know about these certain things? And I'm not just talking about the Roth aspect. What about the truth about debt and credit and these things that these people, young people get into? Do you know a lot of college students run and go get a student loan and not knowing about a lot of the grants and other programs that are available to them? Teaching these young people about life, I believe, needs to be a class. There needs to be a class in banking. There needs to be a class in finance. There needs to be a class in, in management and life skills, i.e. home ec was a great class. You need to know how to feed yourself. Shop. Everybody's not built to be a, a, a doctor or a lawyer or go to college. Some people like to work with their hands. These are skills that we've taken out of the classes and we replace them with some of these other electives. Not saying any elective is more important than the other, but there has to be a blend. We'll sit here and teach everybody about sex ed. Now, I don't know if it's necessarily helpful because I, I believe the teen pregnancy rate is still through the roof. Right. 
But when they get pregnant, guess what? The, guess what? Other life skills seem to fail the most. The ones that we're not teaching, the ones we're not going over to these kids. But then, yet we turn these these young people over to the world and expect them to be productive citizens. Now, well, how are we gonna get all this in school? Why we ain't got all we ain't got all the hours in the day? To me personally, some of the subjects that we are teaching that we consider to be core core subjects, we don't even attack those the right way. We talk about history, but we only teach about the history that's approved. Right. We we teach about the pretty side of history that we can that we can kind of explain why that happened. We don't get into the roots and, and into the down and dirty. We were talking to somebody yeah. before the show and they were talking about black history that's taught in school is not all the black history that is out there. And it's not a black or white thing. It's about an educated thing. But, you know, also some of the standardized tests, they teach to gear towards achieving that goal and passing those tests. So if that particular history, in, uh, in particular what you were mentioning, black history, isn't even... Uh, you know, a point oh two percent of what's going to be on that standardized state test. Of course, they're not teaching about it. Some some uh, some teachers do get to it just because they feel that it's important for the kids to know. But, you know, these schools, you know, it kind of speaks to just how busy these teachers are, how overcrowded the schools are. Um, you know, the parents like you were talking about the parents, they're not involved enough for the most part. I know you and I. Might may be involved in our kids' lives as far as yo, what's the, what homework are you doing? You know, and, and really pushing them to be in AP courses and, and do extra things and and take college courses a little bit earlier than unnecessary because you know, and I know from having you know, um, you know, degrees and, and things like that and going to school that we know that that costs money ultimately. So any college credit that they can get while they're in high school, we're gonna push them to do it. But you know. Some parents are just not equipped with that. And, you know, I'll probably ask you the question and then I'll kind of turn it back to me. Did your did your parents know about all of these these things that were out here to offer you as far as scholarships and and AP classes? And you know what I'm saying? Did, did they push you towards that or or did you get any of that? So, you know, honestly, my mother's always been a huge proponent of education. So that's been something that she's always been a an advocate or and or a stickler for now as far as the educational on the different types of loans and and grants and these different things that wasn't her strong suit but it goes to show back to what i'm saying you can't speak about what you don't know about and the problem is we're taking these young people and we're pushing the test the test the test the test but let me ask you this cash do you think the breed of young people that are coming out right now are prepared for life? No, but absolutely yet, not. Absolutely not. Some but, of the, some of the kids I get that I, I supervise are totally not prepared for real life, and it's like you have to raise. You know, I got four kids. Full disclosure. When I get one of one of these uh, young, you know, kids that are coming to serve their country at my unit, 18, 19, 20 years old, they have not a clue about a checkbook, how to manage. Their banking account, uh, you know, all they want to do is go get the latest, the, the flyest car. Uh, they not, they have no clue about insurance, the cell phone, uh, all these different like basic management, and you have to take them from their situation, and it could be different type of situations. They can come from an affluent situation to poor, and they they don't know these things. So it isn't a, a socio economic issue. It's just. You know, parents are coddling them or 
parents just don't know. So you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but no, no, it does. But you know, and I want to make sure that our viewers, our listeners, understand this is not the pot calling the kettle black because I was a fool with money too when I was younger. I did a lot of things that I that I wish I could have done differently to put myself in even a better situation. But what I'm saying is I wasn't afforded the opportunity to learn these things when I was young. So therefore, I had to learn them on the fly. Well, now we got all kind of different classes. Why can't we teach these young people these different things? Fannie Mae is out here getting rich off stupidity. Yeah. I mean, everybody don't have a billionaire who speaks at their commencement and pays off their student loans. The average college student starts out with almost sixty to $100,000 to worth of student loan debt. That's how we starting out our life. That's how we teaching our young people. That's the, that's the way you want to start it. So the educational system, while it's not perfect and it does try, teachers do a phenomenal job of what they can. I really think we need to figure out a way to add these things into the curriculum. Programs like Avid that some people look down on. This is the only program I've seen where you teach a kid, hey, this is how this is what a checkbook is. Now, some young person who happens to listen to this podcast like a checkbook, what is that? I understand that that is ancient. I understand nobody's using these things before. But one thing a checkbook also taught you about is balancing your money. You know you had to balance it. And balancing your accounts is something that's not going anywhere. So overall, the educational system, I believe, is doing what it can, but it needs to do more to focus on the person than the subject. Because as a 36-year-old man, I can't tell you how many times a history lesson that I learned in history or the paper that I wrote in the ninth grade about Elie Wazel's night that book or something that I learned geometry has came back and, and it's been, man, I use this in my everyday life. Yeah. But these other skill sets about balancing my budget and balancing a checkbook and these other different things, these are things I use every day. Yeah. And, you know, also uh, one of the things that we celebrate, you know, is technology too, man. But I even have to take a step back sometimes. So I've downloaded a bunch of things. I have a four-year-old that's about to go to kindergarten. And I've noticed that the difference between me actually encouraging him to actually physically write his numbers, his letters, and actually physically get on the iPad with him and do different things and teach him things and talk him through it makes a world of difference than to just download an app and assume that your four-year-old, your your kid is just going to follow that app. So technology to me can be a downfall as well, as well as in the classroom. So sometimes teachers allow the technology to teach the kids versus more hands-on and more homegrown um, type, type of learning, man. That's going to lead to a later topic that we can definitely table for another time. And as far as and we, when we get into our life segment and stuff, when we start talking about the electronic babysitter, because it's real. Babysitters have become electronic in the form of tablets, iPads, cell phones, video games. These things have became the new babysitter for a lot of parents. Wrong, right, or indifferent. It's just the way it is. Yeah, man. And, and like I said, man, even even if you're that parent that is super involved, but sometimes you just got to take a self-assessment and know when too much technology is just too much and you just have to do the old-fashioned thing and kind of just sit with your kid and learn, especially at those those early ages. And even these kids that's out for the summer, like, you know, you have your 13, uh, you know, 18 year olds, what are they doing? Are they working? Are they learning something new? Are they reading a new book? Are you educating them on something uh, to keep, to keep their brain going? So a lot of it, you know, I'll always take 
the brunt of the blame for my kid not developing. I'll never blame a teacher or a student, but, you know, you guys are my extended lifeline. So, you know, shout out to all the teachers that care. Uh, my homeboy, Donnell, I haven't spoken to him in years, but I definitely see what you're doing as far as on Instagram, as far as leading your students and my cousin, Corey, um, who's been a teacher for years. So I see what you guys are doing. I know you're doing your thing and I know it's hard, especially with all the cutbacks and, and all the different things that you got to go through that we have are not even privy to. So I definitely, definitely would love to have a teacher's point of view at some point down the line. Uh, when we discuss these, these type of things, man, but yeah, man, it's, it's a lot, lot going on, but one more caveat before we move forward. And, and I want to make sure that I really hammer this home teachers. We appreciate you. I don't think the teachers are the problem. I think the, the way their curriculum is set up, the mandates that they put on you guys and the pressures to make sure that the test is taught or the, to make sure that these students understand what, what's going on. I believe that's some of the problem that we have going on. So teachers, it's not you, but I definitely think as an educational realm as a whole, we are failing these young people because they're failing on normal life skills. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So what we got next up, man? It looks like we're going to get into when we start talking about that thing we call life. All oh, right. wait a minute. We didn't even go over your music. No, we get to that last. You know, we we'll get through this this heavy these heavy topics first, and then we'll we'll hit the music because those okay. those gonna be quick hitters. Because I I honestly haven't listened uh, to a lot. I'm still on that Jim Jones. So you know um, you know I'll get to some of these other things that I've had to to listen to, and then we got Frank's uh, takes on some things that we said last week on the music segment. He was pretty passionate about that, so we'll we'll play some of his clips, but. Yeah, man, let's, let's get through the uh, relationship stuff and, and, and talk about the hot and heavy type type issues and then we'll get to the lighthearted shit. So one thing that we're talking about tonight, um, we're talking about when one person meets another, come together, they are blended. If you've never seen the movie, you won't understand it. We're talking about blended families, man. What is it about them? What do you like about them? How hard is it to be a blended family in today's world? Because it's became a lot more common to see the blended. They're everywhere. And there's nothing wrong with being a blended family. But what are some of the struggles that blended families um, go through? What are some of the things that, you know, how, they, how do they make them work? And also, you know, our viewpoint, or at least my viewpoint on some of the positives about a blended family and some of the things that I think blended families fail at. So, yeah, man, um, you know, speaking from personal experience, I would say the biggest uh, issue is communication um, without without communication within those blended families and, and everyone having an equal role, meaning the father and, and the mother having an equal role, keeping each other abreast of the situations with the kid, education, um, you know, health and, and all those other things without that being at the forefront you will never have any success at all. Um, also, you know, you were together at some point, you know, and, and made this child at some point getting over the crap that you guys have been through together in however long post the kid. So at some point you get, you got to get out each other's way and make it about the kid. Uh, so that, that's my main thing. Um, you know, a lot of the, the struggles come from communication and and people not having their, their equal parts. And my main thing is I don't want drama. I just want clean communication and follow through. My pet peeve is when you don't follow through, then 
now you're not caring about my issues and things that I have going on um, with this on this side. You know what I mean? So it's just just taking care of things in a timely manner or or whatever. So it's it's mainly those type of things. I mean, the the things that I've been through over the years, as far as um, you know, my my older two, fifteen and thirteen now. So you know, I can go on and on in days and days and kind of get into the specifics. But you know, mainly when it when it boils down to it, it's just people keeping their word and just doing what they say they're going to do for the child. As long as you keep the child centered, this blended family thing will work. But you can't keep failing at not being holistic with the communication and then expect for another parent to pick up the slack. You can't not call if you, you know, a long distance parent, you have to be involved. You have to go visit. You have to, you know, take action. You can't expect to just, okay, I want to get my son for the summer and I'm speaking to whoever doesn't live with their child, their son or their their daughter. And you just can't expect to have them for the summer, but have no relationship with them all year long. It's just not going to work. Now, I know there might be barriers. You have, you have baby mama drama, and that's very real, very real. I don't have baby mama drama. I just have baby mama communication issues at times. But we all, we work through it, and we get, you know, we get to what we need to, to do and what's best for the kids overall. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's working with different personalities, and, you know, I got I got a lot of different personalities I have to work with. So sometimes it's is coming outside of yourself, even doing things that you don't want to do for the betterment of your child, because nobody wants to have to deal with the law and go to courts and deal with all these things when you can handle this stuff like reasonable adults. And sometimes you have to go that route. But again, full circle back is communication It's communication. So HUD, I know you don't necessarily have a blended family, but you're an intelligent black man. What do you feel as far as um, stuff that I've told you or stuff that other your other homies and, and um, you know, and females and stuff like that have told you about their issues? So one thing that I see that, that seems to be a common a common problem to me, this is like more of a personal issue with the blended situation. I believe communication, like you mentioned, is very important. And I believe both parents being at a point where you can put personal pettiness to the side and actually say, hey, we're going to do this for the betterment of the child. Now, when you take that child and you involve it in another situation, the problem sometimes I see from a lot of different couples, and not every couple, is that new relationship accepting that child, not as a stepchild, but as a child. There's nothing that actually burns me up more than when somebody's like, oh, that's my stepson. Oh, that's my stepdaughter. Oh, that's my step this and that. Why are you making a distinction in separating this child? Because what you don't understand with kids, more is caught than taught. So when you go through that and you make that separation, while you may be using the proper title, that child's going to always hear what you're saying and hear that you're always saying step. Making sure that you're always putting that separation between you and that child. So when you try, it's like when you're trying to blend that big old cucumber in there, man, it ain't going to work because it's not going to be graded like it needs to be. Now, am I saying that? Oh, you get married, so this child needs to call this new mom, mom. I'm not asking about that. That's something that that child needs to decide, and that child has to make that decision. No one can make that decision for them. But you as the parent, you made a decision to be a parent in that situation that you're in when you married that other individual. So therefore, you have to go into it full tilt, not leave that separation part of, 
Oh, that's his kid. Oh, he always say somebody say, "Oh, I'm married. My husband he has he has two other kids." No. No, and and y'all that's, have two yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that really just really kind of gets underneath my skin because to me, you're 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 never gonna blend a families per se. Because you guys have already made a distinction on what this family is. Because you're making it very clear and obvious to anybody who's willing to listen that you're willing to separate you from that child. But yet you want this child to come in and accept you as an adult? Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I definitely remember that with, uh, you know, I grew up in a blended family. Me too. And I have a blended family now. So I definitely (laughs) remember. I mean, it was terrible times and a terrible memory, but it's funny now. With, you know, you know, eating, eating last and, you know, not eating the most or saying, you know, those things like, you know, um, it's, this is my stepson and or this is Keith's son. Though, you know, I'm like, what the, you know, what I'm saying we've been around each other for like two years now. Like you still feeling that way. And, you know, I never I don't remember ever calling her mom because to me, you know, at the age I was during that time frame is like you earn, earn that. You know what I mean? If you love me, you know, you know all of me, then I would definitely call my my stepmom at the time, mom. Um, my son actually did that with my wife. Now, you know, last summer he was here and he was he had the question like, "Hey, can, can I call her mom?" Like, and you know, I was like, "Well, what do you think?" I mean, are, do you want to do that? And he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I do. It just kind of I don't want to just call her jazz, and you know." And then that's kind of how it's been since then. So it's either been, you know, Miss Jazz. And sometimes when he's when he goes away for the year and then he comes back, it's Jazz for a little bit. And then eventually he kind of just transitions into mom. So, you know, it, it happens, man. And I think that point is that's something that the child has to choose to do. Like I said, that child didn't choose the person you chose to be with. You chose that person as a parent. So therefore, I can't force you to do that. And like, for example, since my, my three boys, they gonna have, they got a mom. They gonna always have a mom. She gonna always be their mom. I would never ask them to ever call anybody else mom. If they chose to do that, then I would still, I would even have a conversation. Hey, this is what you're saying. I need you to understand this because you have a mom. Me and my wife, you would have a hard time keeping either one of us out of them children's lives. Um, but when people try to do these blended families and you go into it, in other words, you can't, bl- you can't blend things that separate it. I can't blend something if I'm separating it. That don't make no sense. So the blended families in today's world, my man, I told somebody, well, I said, I met somebody, they said, oh, I got no kids. I'm like, you like a unicorn. You hear about that, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. You don't see somebody who don't have kids and they're 33 years old. And if you don't have kids, I'm not saying nothing wrong with you. You know, you just don't have kids, but it's not very common. So therefore, walk into the situation saying, I'm going to meet this guy I want him to have. No kids. No drama, no this and that. I'm realistic. Listen, man, you have literally slashed your capable candidates down and have like this. You have hunger gamed your relationship life when you're doing this because people have kids now because having kids outside of wet, outside of marriage, having kids in, in odd situations has become the norm. Is it good that it's the norm? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's a reality that we live in. So stepping into a blended family now is norm. But if you want your blended family to have the success and be a true family, blending means you become one. When you blend something in a smoothie, you don't drink the parts of the smoothie separate. It becomes a damn smoothie because it is blended. There's no, hmm, 
They're not going to have that. No, it's together. So you have to blend it and make it that unit and make make that unit strong. Because if you're not, if you're still running around talking about that's my stepkid, that's my stepkid, how are you blended? Yeah, and it's all about perception. It's all about perception, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, I think we, we ran that into the ground. But, you know, I'd, I'd probably leave with just, you know, communicate. And at the end of the day, with all the, the fight and fuss and bickering, history between the mom and the dad and all that at the end of the day who do y'all care about the most who suffers when the mom doesn't spend as much time with her daughter as she should or the father doesn't spend as much time with the the mom the, um you know the kids as he should the ultimately that kid suffers and goes through so many psychological issues that's going to be with them for life all because you didn't want to communicate and work together. So blended families is a thing. I haven't seen, I've seen a few that work, but it's a handful that work. And, and you know, the lion's share of my, my friends that, that are going through the struggle daily with, you know, hey man, I ain't get, you know, I know like three of my homies that ain't get their kids this summer. And it's all for some BS, you know? And, you know, that uh, clearly that's not a blended family, but, you know, you know, I don't know the whole total situation, but I, I know these are good brothers that just want to spend time with their kids and have moments with their kids. You know, unfortunately, you, you made a good point. And I'm not saying that either one of these dudes are not good dudes, but you never know the dynamics and every you don't know every part of that. No, story. you don't. So and a lot of a lot of people leave out a lot of holes in the story as far as, yo, like I said, when I was mentioning your contact and your involvement throughout the year isn't really there. So what makes you think that? All of a sudden, all yeah. of a sudden, summer, I'm jump summertime, through hoops. Yeah. and now you about to be dad of the year. So, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different things that go into it. But what I will say is, you know, we need to do a better job, especially in our own community, of being better fathers and being better mothers. Because we all can be better. I'm, there's no such thing as a perfect family. The, what we t- thought was a perfect family growing up, the, the, the Huxtables. I mean, they were great in Hollywood, but, you know, even when you break down the onion onion layers of that, you know, we're not even going to get into stuff that happened with Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad and all the different people. So perception is one thing, but what really counts is what you're actually physically doing with yourself and your child. And blended families can work when you go into it saying we are blended together and we're going to be together as one. That's, I mean, I don't really think there's nothing else I can hit on that one. Speaking of as one and being on the same playing field, uh, I don't give a damn. We had an hour. We may go a little bit longer. So what? I think it's a good conversation to have. Um, I got a lot of, I think I got a lot of brothers that are now, you know, family and, and, you know, most would consider them friends. But I I do find a lot of people as adults struggle, um, you know, with finding bonds and, and friendship and, and stuff like that, man. So, you know, next topic we're gonna really talk about is like, yo, how do you how do you establish true friendship as an adult? Like, what what does that look like? And you know, maybe you know, definitely want to hear you guys' thoughts on our thoughts. But you know, for me, it's like people you can count on, people that care about you when you're not necessarily. You don't have to be in the same place as them. They're always checking up on you. They're, they're looking out for you. They're supporting you in whatever you're doing. And this this type of thing comes without you actually requesting it. You don't have to actively 
be in their lives for them to be in your lives. And it just happens naturally and vice versa. And then you have, you know, some that, you know, just may not be verbal with it, but they definitely do it through social media. I mean, that's today's day and age. So I accept both. But, you know, I got a little bit more on that, but I won't kind of go into my deep dive on it, man. What, what you got? Wow. I mean, to be honest with you, we live in a world where people say everybody's their friend. Their friend, this is my friend, my pal. And really, the true definition of a friend never really gets met. And then at the same time, when people make these so-called friends and they so-called let them down, they're so-called destroyed. But you had a so-called friend to deal with in the first place. Social media has became a breeding ground of bad relationships. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, are you my <laughs> friend on Facebook? Or do you follow me on Twitter? Do you hit me on Snapchat? Do and you if have you me don't, yeah. And then, wait a minute. You didn't like my photo, so you're not really my friend. Let me tell you something. Or you didn't support on this and that. And it's not really even about that. Like Sometimes people live real life and they're not on social media. So, again, you just got to kind of not be in your feelings about things. But, like, shit, even before, like, even before you and I were stationed here, um, three, a little over three years ago now, right? Shit, shit, it's June. We hadn't been talking every single day for a minute, but it's not like I didn't know what was going on with you through through other means or you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that that necessarily has to be like you don't have to be an everyday thing. Like sometimes you grow apart and grow, but that doesn't necessarily mean like when we kind of met back up and our families and our wives met. That shit was like, it ain't miss a beat. To me, that's real friendship. Yeah, but I think the problem that people have when you start talking about friends as an adult, first off, people get some friends for the wrong reasons. They get the friends because what can this friend do for me? What can this person get me to get me to this certain different point? You made a good point about our situation. So we, so if y'all don't know, I've been knowing Cash for, what, 2002, two, three? So yeah, we were at Travis running the streets long time ago. He went his way. I went mine because that's the way the military goes. I mean, we would speak if we saw each other or if we had a text or we was in a group chat or something like that. But it wasn't. Or a rap battle chat. Or, you know, yeah, we never talk about <laughs> some of the shenanigans that were pulled in the rap battle. Yeah. Yellow, yellow, blue kicks. I mean, we're not no, going to do that. Carolina. Talk about, no. <laughs> we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But what we are going to say is that to me, I felt like when we actually came back to the same location, our friendship actually grew stronger for the simple fact that. You had something, a baseline to start with, and you built upon it, and then you started adding families into it, kids into it, different aspects into it, so your friendship doesn't And grow. you were grown. You and were fully grown men when you met back up, and sometimes- You need to grow up. You need to grow up, or sometimes that don't work out. Like, sometimes, like, you, people are on totally different wavelengths as far as growing up. Some people have- I won't say exceeded others in, as far as finance. It's not about that. Sometimes you've just seen different things and you're on a whole different wavelength than your homie. Like, like even with your homies back home, like some, some of my homies back home, like I haven't talked to them in years, but some of them, if, if I go home, like it's like, it's just like I was talking to them yesterday. We, we joking about the same things that we've seen and life struggles that we've gone through. But some of them, you know, I, I just, I don't identify with, you know what I'm saying? And, or we, you know, it's just, it's just a weird vibe because just our experiences are so different to where, we, you know, it's just, uh, it, it just ain't there in, in this stage, you know, and we're still friends, but it's not as, as tight as it once was. 
you know, sometimes you can honestly just outgrow a relationship. And when sometimes when you outgrow that relationship, that person may end up going a different path than you're trying to go. So when you try to bring that friendship back together, it's not going to happen. Somebody said a long time ago, you a hoe you hang with. And if you're hanging around people who ain't about shit, guess what? You ain't going to be about shit. Ask yourself this question. Everybody in the world knows what the bald eagle is, correct? Sure. How many times have you ever seen an eagle flying with pigeons? Never. Because if you're trying to be that eagle, you're trying to soar to new heights. You can't. Sometimes you can't associate with everybody as your friend. And everybody is genuinely not your friend. Some people want friends so bad they will accept anything from somebody just so they can say, this person is my friend. But that same person that's your friend will sit there around somebody else who's talking about you and not say, some, not say a word. Somebody, I seen a comment on Facebook or something. You know, I can't quote it verbatim, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. And it was about a so-called friend who came to tell another friend about, man, uh, usually, for example, Cash and, and Tate and Frank was talking about you. They was talking about you. And, man, they were saying all this other good stuff. And they came to told, tell me as if they were doing a great friend thing to do. And the person says, well, it's a shame that they were talking about me. But what's worse is why did they feel so comfortable to talk about me in front of you? Yeah. If you my so-called friend. And and if that ever, if you ever find yourself in that position, you got to redirect. I mean, now it's it's awkward when a person just comes to you and 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 do it. But my go-to move is, okay, I hear you. All right, yeah, there might be such and such, but it's never to downgrade the person they're talking about. And it's always to say, yo. If you feel that way, go talk to that man about it. I think y'all should talk about it, handle it as adults, and and leave it be. But, I mean, I'll hear you out. But at the same time, you need to have that discussion with X, Y, and Z. Squash it or not squash it, but at least you guys talked about it. Argue about it. Whatever you got to do, just just have that discussion. So I got I, I, this situation. Yeah, yeah and that, that's me, man. I You know, because sometimes you... You're put in an awkward situation and you didn't necessarily ask for it. I don't think that that person thinks that you want to hear the bullshit, but... Me, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with being cordial to people. I don't think there's anything wrong with being friendly. Um, I tell you right now, there's some people in the world, I can't stand you. But you'll never know it because that's not the way I operate. I believe, and you know what, I'm just going to be one even kill. Some people say, oh, you being phony. Oh, you No, it's not about being phony. But it's about not letting your left hand know what your right hand know. But just because you sit here and claiming everybody as your friend, don't make them your friend. And you really need to do a deep dive and look at who you're calling your friend. If Frank is just sitting there talking about you, I'm just using Frank as an example, or somebody saying these things, is this the person that you really want to be friends with? You need to be able to have that conversation. Now, with that being said, sometimes we get in our feelings because somebody say something. And we get so emotional to the point where we can't move past that. When a lot of times it's a simple, hey man, you said this and I ain't really get where you was coming and from. And it made me at, feel at, this way. Period. Oh, okay. Period. No, you're right. So, I mean, I think you need to actually be in, be in your feelings. Say how you feel. Say this made me feel this way. Allow that person to come back and say, that's not what I intended. What I intended, what I intended for you to feel by saying that is this, and and this is what I really mean. These are how you have adult conversations. Like you don't, you can be in your feelings, because that's a natural thing. Like you have, you everybody has feelings. 
And you can be in your feelings, but you still gotta have a certain extent. You know, you gotta be under control because some people get in their feelings, and they and it's to the point to where you can't even have a conversation with that individual because they are so in deep and entrenched in so-called feelings. But you need to express what this person did that bothered you because the hell, look at it like this. If I'm gonna end the friendship anyway, I might as well say it to you because if it, if you don't say what I wanted you to say it. Oh, I don't sound right. Well, we just going down the same road we was already going down. So what's the difference? Yeah, and then at least if I don't F with you, then I'm going to tell you that directly. And we can go on knowing that we don't have to, you know, socialize in the same circles or oh, not even socialize in the same circles. We just don't have to pretend. No exactly. More. Basically, listen up, y'all. The, the gist of the story is everybody ain't your friend. And I'm not saying you can't make friends, but you really need to examine the people that you are calling your friends because that so-called friend could be the same person stabbing you in the back as soon as you turn around every time. Yeah, man. So, shoot, I think we hit that one. Well, cool. Let, let, let's, let's, let's move on. Heal that topic. Yeah, let, let's move on to, I think it's the music session. Is, is it now we had the music? We had some, we had some music. But, uh, man, I'm going to do a quick run through. Because, like I said, I ain't listen to anything, man. I, I was busy this weekend catching up. You know, I just had a vacation to post the time on Mafia Coast. No, oh, you're doing it good. That's that meal to meal right now. I'm out here living life. So, you know, that was living my best life. Yeah. So a few things, uh, you know, that I was while I was getting back acclimated to just chilling at the house, man. Uh, Big Crick got an album coming, y'all. And uh, his first single sounds phenomenal, man. Uh, We played it on the intro. So go check that out. Um, I think it's dropping within the next two Fridays or oh, we got a two Fridays two three Fridays left so I don't know one of those Fridays but it's dropping I saw his little Instagram post so that's uh one of my my new legends that I definitely look forward to and stop everything I'm doing to listen to so um Chris Breezy and Drake got a new single so that looks like that's gonna be a record that's on repeat for the summer so for all you you uh youngins that's in the club and doing your thing um, definitely get emotional to Chris Breezy and, and Drake and be in your feelings and, and with, you, with your young ladies and shit like that. T Grizzly. Before I start with the T Grizzly, man, I'm going to play a few clips from Frank. He had a few issues with some things we said, and he has a few things he want to get off his chest with uh, some music um, topics. All right, Hood. Uh, we love your opinion and everything, but uh, as the last episode, we realized you need to take a back seat on this music, man. We totally get what you're saying, but if you can't find a couple minutes to still get in on this music, uh, I, I utilize it when I'm going to work, gym, stuff like that. So I got time away from the kids while I still get to listen to music, and I enjoy every minute of it, and I'm going to listen to all the new music and still hear what's out there. Hey, yo, you can't be talking on people's names, man. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, you got you gonna be me. on the deacon type music talking about. Oh, I can't have all this cursing, but then go in on people's names, man. Calm down, man. Respect it, man. You ain't losing your, your hair. You still got them roots. That's your Toby, Remember dude, where they come about. from, man. <laughs> Cash, come on, man. Let's talk. I understand people can grow. I should people listen can to get these. better music. They can get better than they last. But ain't nobody jumping up to greatness like that, man. And you trying to say Jim Jones' best album of the year. It is. I just don't see it. Not going to happen. You're not going to get me to admit that. Did he have a good, decent album? Was it nice, produced nice? Yeah. Some stuff I'll rock to? Yeah. Am I going to keep coming back to it months from now? No. Yes, you are. No. 
So let's go ahead and talk about these albums that I know we're going to agree on. Uh, Schoolboy Q, I think we mentioned it before. Still still a good album. Still listen to it. Uh, still bumping it. Uh, then we got uh, T. Grizz that just came out. T. Grizz, man. Uh, I will say this. Uh, his sophomore album that he had, I wasn't really feeling. His last one that he had before this one, good. And this one right here, man, this dude, he coming back with the grimy feel, man. I believe every last one of his stories. I believe what he's saying. Like, he got that hunger again, man. He out here saying, like, I don't, I've been rocking with y'all for a minute, but I see what y'all are, man. Y'all just marks, and that's what he coming with, man. So, like, hey. <laughs> I, I was loving that album. I was loving the flow of it, man. Uh, like I said, when he's talking that, man, I actually believe like he just be sitting back looking at these dudes, man, and really thinking this stuff. So, all right, Frankie's in Africa. He's not here to defend himself. Hud, what you got? The blatant audacity <laughs> to come at the kid. Let me tell you something. I still think Ro Tim is a horrible name. You could have came up, you could have, Ro Ro, you could have came up with something. But Ro Timmy, I'm not feeling. Um, what what was the other comedy made about? Uh, your, uh, Toby. Man, Toby. Toby can go. You know, I don't care what y'all say. You know what, y'all asked me to listen to this music. Let me tell you something. Y'all want to listen to all this booby that beat bop. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to go with you, but. Um, as far as the schoolboy Q album, I you know you keep preaching it. While I think he has a couple of tracks, I'm still just not a huge fan. And this is coming from somebody who was I honestly gave him a hard and easy listen. Now I haven't heard of T Grizzly. I thought he played for Memphis or something, so I wasn't really feeling it just yet. But I'm gonna try to check it out and get a little more in tune with the music side of it. You know, that ain't really necessarily my wheelhouse, man. Did you hear his intro a few years ago, a few albums ago? No. Okay, I'll, I'll play it for you later. Did I definitely it, think you would mess did, with him after hearing that. Did it go, um, out of town, hard heads, get Swiss cheesed up? No. And who keep, is that? Who is that? For, 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 Eight episodes. Now you been saying that same damn line. Who the hell? What? I, I don't even remember that line. Is that Are Wayne? You is that Wayne? That is not Wayne. Who is it? Oh my gosh! And they talk about me with music. I listen to a lot of music, man. So I I don't know, man. Who who is that, man? No. And, gonna, and when no, you say it, I'm you know, probably gonna no, be. Like, you're uh-huh. the music guy. You gotta find out. Y'all want to help him out? Y'all want to tell Cash who who said that line? Who who said? Out of town, hard heads get switch cheesed up, and you gonna need more than to patch that leak up. Come nah, on, I'm trying to. Uh, I, no, it's, it's so many. I don't know. You picked one of the most. No, you don't know. No, no, I don't. Wow. But uh, I, I will. But ad- they're the music guys. I will. Music ad- is life. I will address the Jim Jones comment. So, so Ooh. Frank. Yeah, he, Frankie. Just look, man. We've had this discussion, man. I listened to the. Same dudes you listen to, and I listen to the guys I listen to. So when dudes make a dope album, I, I'm these these little these little dudes that you be listening to with these emo raps. I'm not trying to listen to emo raps all the time. So sometimes dudes have dope albums, and that's cool. But for me, man, like sometimes that shit just don't move me, and maybe I'm biased to 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 street rap. That's done on a high level. I love high level street raps. 
sometimes you chance the rappers and, and the, the, the the super the the regular guy that's rapping I, I necessarily I like that but if it's done well like the J. Coles of the world the Wale's of the world those dudes are on an elite level rhyming big, big crit so those are the guys that are do, doing things on an elite level so again man we'll definitely when you come back we're gonna deep dive some of these these lesser known uh cats and 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 definitely get into it but you know i'm just trying to get the people what they want and and you know we, we can go from there but you know as far as big albums i i feel like you know from guys that are doing or have been doing it jim jones has one of the best and i listen to a lot of shit just like you do so you know i definitely challenge you to give us some folks to, to put on and i think you had one and i was listening to it in the car and i gotta admit coda the friend Coda, K-O-T-A, The Friend. He has an album out named Photo, F-O-T-O for y'all. Definitely highly recommended. Um, I'm about five tracks in. That boy can go. The T. Grizzly Scriptures, he can go. I don't know. There's not a lot of rappers that make me believe them on a, um, that'd be on a street tip, but this guy definitely makes me believe a lot of the things he's talking about. He's from Detroit. If you don't know who T. Grizzly is in my moment and the intro he had a few years ago that was kind of I won't say it was on Meek Mill's level of intro, but it was like a notch or two below, and and that 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 was a pretty dope single. So I think his uh, first album was pretty dope. I loved that second one. I wasn't feeling too much, but the scriptures it seems like he's back to his a good balance of his street element and kind of mixing in what he's learned along the way. So definitely check out that T Grizzly scriptures and um, oh, last but not least, Money Bag Yo Forever Heartless. I've been bumping that in the gym a lot and he actually has a lot of bangers on there so I don't sleep on uh, the Memphis Memphis guy money bag yo with that said man I think we had this one point uh, where we discussed him a little bit but he definitely deserves this the culture of the week is your ass down. We got Bob Myers, man. First off, when you get on the couch, that means you don't done something dumb. You don't done something you wasn't supposed to. And Bob Myers, when you got out there crying about Katie's injury, but yet you made every strategical point to point out everything that was important. At the same time, you lost credibility. You lost yourself and you lost yourself a night in the bed and you brought your ass to the couch. You are the coucher of the week for you going out there in that horrible and horrendous I mean, I am puzzled with the way you went out there trying to like you was all emotional about KD. It's he deserves to be on the couch. We don't believe you. You need more people. I mean, that's that's exactly <laughs> that's what Cash reference back with his boy Ho yeah, Ho yeah. back when it was in Marcy. the billionaire, Mister Sean Carter. So yeah, man. With that said, man, come on, Bob Myers, man. We we know you guys wanted him out there, and you're not really that sad, and you're praying on your knees. That he comes back and plays with you guys after pushing his ass out there. Katie, get well. Hope you come back um, better than ever, man. Now, I think we're at a minute and 18. And a minute and 18. I've been sipping on that pure white Hennessy, y'all. We're at an hour and 18 minutes. Yo, HUD, you got anything last things for the people? You know, listen, I'm going to let you close it out first. Because I'm trying to find something. I'm over here working diligently hard. To find something for you, 
because it's just it's it's beyond me. So old you. people, listen up, old people. What I, what I mean is my age and up. We finally made a Facebook page, DSC underscore podcast. We know how you like your content. You want it nice and easy. So whenever we drop an episode, we're gonna remind you. We're gonna post the link, make it real easy for you to get to it. It's Apple Podcasts. For a lot of old people that I've already put on, it's that little purple podcast app. So what you want to do is swipe down on your phones. If you have your iPhone, type in podcast. This little purple app is going to pop up. Then you're going to hit the search menu and look for Don't Sleep on the Podcast. Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. Like I said, been drinking Hennessy Pure White this whole time. Cash, listen. I can't believe you don't know who this is, man. No wonder I didn't know that. I thought that, you know, I was praying. Listen, man. I, I was, yo, I was praying that it wasn't somebody that I listened to from the city. But now I'm actually happy. It's young blood. <laughs> now I'm actually not mad at all. Of course I wouldn't know. Oh, so you want you want Bumble Love John back in the day. Yo, actually, yo, that song right there got me inadvertently shot at. At near Shepherd Air Force Base, there was this. One you know why? Because he was out of town, hardhead, and it was about to switch. No, cheese no, I up. was just sipping my blue mother effer, and I wasn't underage at the time. <laughs> but look, I was listening to that. I know that damn song. Now that it, it just bring back bad memories. So anyway, we're in in this one little bullshit ass club, and and uh, where, where, where the hell is Shepherd Air Force? What, what, Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls. Tommy's. Texas, at t- I was probably at Tommy's or whatever the case may be. All I hear, pop, 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 pop. And of course, I take flight or whatever. I One cat did get shot in that whole um, exchange or whatever. So it's like, man, come on, man. So yeah, man, I ain't, I ain't that, that crunk music and all that stuff, man, I, I've tried to put it out of my mind because there's so many bad memories. Mm-hmm. I, like yeah, I said. You know, I, ain't, I ain't never see y'all, you know, you Southerners just... Get in the middle of the floor and, and 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 get angry with each other. And then when you bump into each other, he wanted to fight each other. It's called <laughs> Nuck If You Buck. No, but listen up, man. First off, we want to thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate y'all riding with us, man. We trying to get this thing together. We ran a little long tonight, so hopefully, you know, y'all got the time and the space to hear it. But hopefully, we gave y'all some good contact, um, good content, and good contact and if good you, context. And, there you go. So if you need to reach us, we on Instagram, DSC underscore podcast, Twitter, DSC underscore podcast, Facebook, DSC underscore podcast. We try to keep it simple so you can reach us on all three platforms. Hit us up. You got topics. You got something you want to talk about. You want to be on the show. Let us know. If you bring something to the table, we'll bring you to the couch. How about that? Yeah, man. I think you hit it all, man. We had 120 minutes. And if you've been listening to us for an hour and 20 minutes, we appreciate you. So from my, from my couch to y'all's, peace. We out. One. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. Hit us up at DSC underscore podcast on the gram or send us an email at don'tsleeponthecouch at gmail.com. Thank you for coming to sit with us. See y'all next week.